Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is April 24, and our chapter for today is 2 Kings chapter 25. Now, as you will recall, I have already done part A, number one. Now I'm doing part B, number two. There are two podcasts on this particular day, on this particular chapter, April 24. 2 Kings 25 is a critical chapter because it records the downfall, the destruction of the great temple that Solomon built, of the city of God, Mount Zion, called Jerusalem, Jerusalem, and it is the official beginning of a 70-year period where Israel has no temple, where there is no central worship center. That which has kept the people of God together since they have come out of Egyptian bondage through the tabernacle in the wilderness, the great meeting place, the Moed, the appointed place, and then the buying of Mount Moriah and Aruna's threshing floor, the Jebusite, and King David having this particular place set aside to build a permanent worship center. And then he was not able to do that, as you'll recall. And God assigned that to his son Solomon and gave David all of the blueprints and schematics. And David prepared and Solomon built that great temple took him seven years with the help of Hiram from Tyre and Sidon, Tyre and Sidon, if you will. And so this was a monumental accomplishment. Seven years the temple was dedicated, and as you'll recall, the glory of God, the Shekinah, filled the temple to where the people could not even stay in the temple. All of that is now gone. The people have rebelled against God. They have worshipped the gods of the surrounding nations. They have done exactly what God told them not to do. And they didn't just do it once. They did it over and over and over and over again. God was so merciful. God was so kind. God was so generous and gracious. But there comes a point when even God says enough is enough. And so he sent the people out of the land. According to the prophet Jeremiah, it was because they had not only had they worshipped idols, but they had failed in one of the basic things that God asked them to do about the land. You see, the people of God and the land of God, the Jewish people and the nation of Israel and the land of Israel are inexorably linked. That is, you cannot separate them in the Bible. As I have told you earlier in the uh, study and the chapters in the Torah and the law and the books of Moses, that the land is given qualities of a, a person, of personality. The land weeps, the land groans, the land moans, the land rejoices. 
horses. The fields of the forest clap their hands. On and on and on. All of these are personality traits, and those are given to the land. And God said, you have hurt the land. You have a rest. You have a Shabbat every week. And so I want every seven years for you to let the land rest. And God said, I will so bless you in the sixth year that you will have enough to go through the seventh year and then in the eighth year until harvest time. So basically two years of harvest I will give you in addition to the sixth year harvest. So God abundantly blessed them. It was supernatural. The people saw that God would do what he said he would do, but yet in their rebellion they turned against God and they would not even even let the land have a sabbatical. They were so greedy that they would not do it. And so the scripture says that God let the land have 70 years of rest, 70 sabbatical years to rest so that the land would lie fallow. You see, God is really serious about what he says. He is not just uh, speaking to be speaking out in midair. He is speaking so that his people will listen. And so when we come to chapter 25, the end has come. You can see that just how horrible it was when the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, in uh, verse 17, and the king of Babylon made Metaniah, Jehoiakim's uncle, king in his place, in place of Jehoiakim, because he had already arrested him and put him into prison. And he changed his name to Zedekiah. And so that's how we know him, not as Metaniah, but his name was changed to Zedekiah. Now, Zedekiah was told, don't mess up, but he did. And according to chapter 25 and verse 7, then they killed the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes. That is, in his eyesight, he saw his sons mercilessly killed. And then they put out his eyes bound him with bronze fetters and took him to Babylon. Can you believe the horror of this? In other words, the last thing he would ever see in this life is his own sons being killed right in front of him, and he could not help in any wise. This is how cruel it was. And in the fifth month, on the seventh month, this is verse 8, and in the fifth month, on the seventh day of the month, which was the 19th year of King Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, Zebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, a servant of the king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem. And look at what verse 9 says. And he burned the house of the Lord and the king's house and all the houses of Jerusalem, that is, all the houses of the great, he burned with fire. And all the army of the Chaldeans who were with the captain of the guard broke down the walls of Jerusalem all around. Now, we will see when we get to the Ezra-Nehemiah material that Nehemiah went back and rebuilt those walls, but they tore these humongous walls down incredible feat. And it says they burned the house of the Lord. Now, how can you burn rock? How can you burn stone? Well, the Romans did it, and so did the Babylonians and those that would come after them. Now, how would you do that? Remember, all of Jerusalem 
is made out of limestone. Now, limestone is a porous rock. In other words, it will soak in water because it has tiny, minuscule pores throughout its makeup. So water vapor is captured. Water is captured inside of limestone. And the Romans figured this out early, and so did uh, the Babylonians, that if you get a fire up against that limestone and you get it hot enough, the moisture that is in that stone will turn to steam and it will explode. Josephus Flavius, who sat on the northernmost hill of the Mount of Olives in 70 AD and observed the destruction of Jerusalem and the burning of the second temple and the burning of the walls around Jerusalem uh, hundreds of years after this Babylonian account, and he said he heard what we would call explosions. For years, many thought, well, that's that's impossible. They didn't have dynamite. They didn't have explosives. But, oh, they did because they had realized that if they would get the fire hot enough and burn the wood up against the limestone, that it would blow out sections of the walls. And so that's exactly what they did. And that opened up the way for them to get into the city. And so they burned all of the house of God. In other words, they got it so hot that it exploded. Exploded just like dynamite exploding. Walls come crashing down, and the army of the Chaldeans, who were with the captain of the guard, broke down the walls of the Jerusalem all around. Then the captain of the guard carried away captive the rest of the people who remained in the city, and the defectors who had deserted to the king of Babylon, and all of this with the rest of the multitude. But the captain of the guard left some of the poor of the land as vine dressers and farmers, the bronze pillars that were in the house of the Lord, and the carts and the bronze sea, all of this that Solomon had made. You can go back and read about how spectacular this was. There were columns out in front of the temple that are described in this paragraph all the way down to verse 18 that were 27 feet tall, and then the capitals, which were above those columns, were three feet tall. They were absolutely spectacular, and all of those were carved up. All the pomegranates, hundreds and hundreds of pomegranates that were meticulously made were all taken away. All of the gold, all the silver, it was chopped up. It was broken up so that they could cart it away. All of the beautiful things that took the expertise and the incredible genius of the craftsmen hundreds of years before was now lost. It was an amazing thing that happened, and the temple was destroyed, and Israel was without a worship center. And they were now forced to gather together in community centers. And we'll talk more about that when we talk about the silent years. Those community centers, those places of gathering and assembly were called houses of assembly or Beit Knesset. The Beit Knessets were everywhere that there was a village, a gathering of just a few families. Anywhere they were scattered throughout the earth, they began to meet together so they would never forget the holy days, the Moed, the special days, 
so they could keep up with where their families had been sent to, all of these things. And that later became, in during the Greek period, the Baconesses, the house of assembly, became another compound word, soon agogos. We call it synagogue. And we'll talk about that when we get into the silent years, that intertestamental period. But this last chapter records the horrible breaking down of the kingdom, the temple, everything that God had allowed the people. They came in in 1400, and now, less than a thousand years later, They're all completely destroyed. But now God is going to bring them back in the land, as we'll see in the chapters ahead, as we read the Chronicles material, as we read Ezra and Nehemiah. We're going to learn that God is faithful to his promise. And Jeremiah the prophet said, yes, you're going into captivity, but in 70 years, God will bring you back and he'll plant you in the land. And we'll talk about those prophecies in the days ahead as we walk on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at tonycrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at tonycrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.